Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In December of 2019 and January of 2020, the plains of rural northeastern Colorado and southwestern Nebraska were the epicenter of a series of sightings of what were widely described as unidentified drones. Despite the media attention, these sightings received the speculation that they were related to the security forces responsible for protecting intercontinental ballistic missile silos scattered throughout the region. Military bases in the area denied that the drones were theirs. While the military denied it, the mystery of the drones and operators remains unsolved. A series of internal emails obtained through the Freedom of Information Act reveals just how serious the drone reports were taken by the 90th Security Forces Group in the Public Affairs Office at F.E. Warren Air Force Base. The emails are heavily redacted, but they at least shed some light on the confusion even the base experienced at the hands of this seemingly unsolved mystery. This is the start of an article from Brett Tingley over at the War Zone from 2020. The article is titled, Internal Air Force Emails Show Confusion and Concern Over Colorado's Mystery Drones. The uh, essence of this article is just as the headline suggests, that the emails show that this was taken very seriously and was ultimately not... um, was not uh, caused by military testing or anything like that at all, allegedly. Uh, a quick search from the area of Colorado from Boulder northeast into Nebraska and surrounding areas, we see that there is a series of complex, um, dynamically uh, flown and, and swarm-like technology, uh, or drones rather. There is many companies that are working in very nice carbon fiber, uh, VTOL, um, uh, VS toll drones, and they're all right there in northeastern Colorado. One can believe through context manipulation that emails, especially high, highly redacted through the FOIA request, can be manipulated to some degree in the sense that the original descriptions match almost identical to some of the technologies being worked there in Boulder and the surrounding areas, and the fact that the military is claiming they're not responsible. The security forces used to protect the ICBM missile sites are, are, um, are not responsible for the sightings, so therefore they're worried. But what we don't see is the understanding of the full context of which civilian corporations in the area may fall under certain contracts, whereas capital is slowing their way for them to test their drones. The original descriptions of the drones do not speak of alien technology, which so many have suggested this case was, or this series of events were. In fact, the descriptions are remarkably human, and it seems like the tests were swarm, early swarm tests, 
possibly cargo pickup and drop off, and battlefield awareness. Let's get into the Warzone article that's the most recent on this case, not from 2020 when it happened, but shortly after. We're talking newly released FAA documents give unprecedented look into Colorado drone swarm mystery. As covered in previous reports by the Warzone, law enforcement agencies in numerous rural counties in eastern Colorado and adjacent areas in Nebraska and Kansas received an influx of reports of large drones flying in formation at night for a period of several weeks during December of 2019 and early January of 2020. Many law enforcement personnel were among the reporting witnesses. In short order, the mystery drone wave also elicited serious expressions of concern from at least two U.S. senators and attention from Colorado's governor and the state public safety agency. The activity soon drew the attention of regional and later national news media as well. Now, the war zone can offer an unprecedented inside look at what's going on behind the scenes with the FAA, which was leading a task force to solve the drone mystery. Not only is the confusion within the agency made clear, but we now have multiple highly credible official reports from trained observers from the time frame when the objects were present in the region. Many of them matched to a remarkable degree, and they allude to a unique arrangement in which a large drone seems to have been accompanied by a fleet of smaller ones. We also have the latest conclusion, or lack thereof, of the FAA think actually what was happening over those particular weeks last winter. Over the past several months, Douglas D. Johnson, you know him from Twitter, a volunteer researcher affiliated with the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies, SCU, has utilized the Freedom of Information Act FOIA to obtain many hundreds of pages of emails and other pertinent documents from the Federal Aviation Administration and other federal agencies regarding the mystery drone flap and has made them available to the war zone. In addition, hundreds of additional relevant pages have been located but are still being processed by the FAA. The FAA is also currently withholding some key documents, citing FOIA exemptions. Nevertheless, the documents already released suggest the FAA, despite a short-lived but strenuous effort, was unable to determine the original or the origin of the flying formations of sizable aerial devices reported by many credible witnesses in December and January. Senior FAA officials were able, however, to conclude that there is a high confidence these are not covert military activities. The release. The released documents contain no evidence that any federal criminal laws were broken by whoever was operating the devices. Although the FAA has withheld at least one key document discussing the legal issues surrounding the case, no document yet released suggests that the mystery drones ever encroached on any U.S. military installation or even into any airspace that was under special FAA restrictions. In a statement to the war zone, Johnson summarized his impressions after months of research on the subject that he still considers far from closed, quote, for at least a couple weeks, the mystery drone flap had then serious attention of top FAA leaders and at least two U.S. senators. The FAA assigned apparent, apparently capable investigators and mobilized resources from multiple FAA components. The assistance provided by other federal agencies such as the FBI, DHS, and military was apparently quite limited because of the absence of evidence of criminal intent or of a proximate threat to military assets or other critical infrastructure. Once the aerial activity stopped, it appears that both federal and state agencies quickly dropped the matter. I have not yet seen any evidence of a continued federal investigation, although there are many documents still not released. 
Law enforcement officers provided detailed descriptions. Some of the com- communications received by f- veteran special agent Michael Bumberger are of FAA's Law Enforcement Assistant Program LEAP, situated within the Office of Security and Hazardous Material Safety, or ASH, and his association contained detailed descriptions of the unusual formations of unmanned aerial devices that were reported by law enforcement officers and other credible witnesses. Uh, there's a series of documents here in the Warzone article I'll leave in the notes you can click on, including his original PDFs of Bumberger and his reports and descriptions. For example, a Jan 5, 2020 email from Bumberger to said the FAA LEAP agent had spoken to sheriffs at, in 16 counties in Colorado and Nebraska, and each agency contacted, advi- contacted advised at least one deputy has witnessed the activity. Quote, the activity reported occurs primarily between the hours of 1800 and 2200 MST and demonstrate the pattern of multiple drones flying a grid-type pattern and remain airborne for several hours at a time in less than optimum flying conditions. High winds and storm-like conditions. The number of drones reported operating at one time range between 2 and 16 and appear to be approximately 6 feet wide in length. Flight times have been 2 to 3 hours continuous. All reports indicate flight is between 200 and 300 feet. However, several people interviewed state it was hard to determine height due to the darkness and lack of clouds. Other sightings lights were also reported to be either flashing or steady, white, red, or green. One report mentioned flashing blue lights. They have not been described as operating in a manner that place persons on the ground in danger. A memo from FAA Adam Stephen Dickinson's from Ash 1320 PDF is available to show that quote. An email from FAA Chief Staff Angela Stub- Stubblefield contained a in late December 2019 report from Nebraska. The Lincoln FSDO Flight Standard District Office has received a call regarding multiple larger sized drones flying over rural western Nebraska. The call the caller reported we were maybe 12 or more drones with a six feet wingspan flying approximately 200 feet AGL in grid pattern from his contacts. The drones seem to have covered 10 to 12 square miles. I'm sorry, 10 to 20 square miles. Some farmers, ranchers reported the drones flying over their farmsteads. The caller stated he saw the drones December 29th, approximately 1900 uh, hours to 2230 hours MST. He was unable to get a photo or video. The caller does have an aviation background. He is a private pilot. A December 31, 2019 email written by FAA Aviation Safety Officer Michael Stanford stated, quote, the drones are reported to have a six-foot wingspan, and there are several reports that indicate the drones are operating in coordination with a big drone that may be stationary in the area. There is also an unverified report of a larger drone potentially landing and taking off from an airport in Imperial, Nebraska, Chase County. Imperial, Nebraska. The larger drone, also described as a quote-unquote mothership, is said to hover while all the others flying around in close proximity. The large drone, as described, is about five to six feet in diameter with a cylindrical shape and a red front. Hmm. A bum berger memo also stated from december 31st <clears throat> quote chase county nebraska sheriff deputy reported observing 35 to 50 flying independently of each other with a larger mothership quote unquote hovering for hours the deputy stated in the larger drone appeared to be way over 55 pounds in earlier 
January 2020 email from the lieutenant in Kansas City Highway Patrol described a sighting by one of three canine troopers near Oakley, Kansas. He said one of the drones had, quote, he said one of the drones had a really bright light on it, like a spotlight. The drone stayed relatively stationary at the location. He then said there were, there were anything from 10 to 15 drones that flew all kinds of patterns around the stationary drone. At one point, one of the drones flew directly over his house. He had his night vision with him, so he tried to look at it. Some of the lights on the drone drowned out a good picture with the NVGs, but he said he thought he saw four rotors on the drone as well as a, a horizontal stabilizer wing. Ha! The wing appeared to be about 10 foot in length. He said the drone was about 200 feet in the air and made absolutely no sound at all, even though the wind was calm. A report January 6, 2020 in Lincoln, Nebraska, described a dozen or more smaller UAVs flying alongside a larger aircraft estimated to be about four to six feet in diameter. One of the releases also contained a telephone reporting of a sighting in Eglin, Illinois, on January 8, 2020. That sighting was mentioned in a few other FAA emails, although summary of the call ultimately concludes that the report about these drones were not carried over to the next shift because they were dismissed as UFO sightings by others at the police department. Even top FAA officials invoked the term UFO on at least one occasion. In December 31, 2019, Email from FAA Administrator Steve Dixon to FAA Chief of Staff Angela Stubblefield. Dixon observed that no, not too long ago, we, all, we called these UFOs. Stubblefield responded, yep, now everything is a drone. Emails show where he made that remark right there in the Warzone article. FAA launched investigation as media senators and pressed forward for answers. It appears that the public reports of night-flying drone formations began to surface around December 17, 2019. Some lower-level FAA components may have become aware of such reports within a few days, but it took some time and media attention before the issue registered with top-level FAA officials, judging from the emails. On December 29th, FAA Administrator Steve Dixon emailed senior managers a link to a press account on Colorado events with this comment. I've seen several of these reports. Do we have any information about these purported sightings? The rumors seem to be spreading rapidly, quote-unquote. Dixon inqui- Dixon's inquiry was forwarded to others by the head of a- a- the agency, <laughs> Internal Security Branch, Association Administrator of Office of Security and Hazard of Material Safety, Claudio Manu. Manu added his own question, quote, does this potentially link this incident and others in Colorado and Nebraska? The FAA documents provide no further clues on the incident to which Mono referred, but the war zone is currently actively pursuing inquiries into several incidents in which drones of unorange and showed up unexpected places during last year. The FAA quickly emerged as the lead federal agency seeking to get to the bottom of the Colorado-centered flap. The investigation was conducted by FAA ASH, with a field investigation run by Bumberger, who was assigned to the case about December 26. Ian Greger, public affairs manager of the FAA Pacific Division, served as the agency's public spokesman during the investigation. The emails show that Greger was in the constant touch with both Bumberger and senior FAA officials in Washington and constantly fielding inquiries from news media of all kinds, including sometimes cryptic email responses to the War Zones editor. The documents Johnson obtained reveal a high level of interest in the investigation of the part of U.S. Senators Cory Gardner and Colorado Republican and Deb Fisher, another Republican from Nebraska, on December 30th. Lisa Papier, director of the Office of National Security Programs and Incident Response, a part of the Office of Security and Hazardous Material Safety, or ASH, emailed Bumberger 
that the drones issue is really ratcheting up, quote-unquote, and some of the drones flew near Senator Gardner's house. Both Gardner and Fisher made public statements expressing their concerns during the height of the drone flap. I've been in contact with the FAA and encouraged that they've launched a full investigation to learn the source of and purpose of the drones. Gardner said in a December 31st press release, I will continue to closely monitor the situation, quote-unquote. One oh, on the same day, an FAA congressional relations officer emailed the FAA chief of staff that Gardner's office was hearing from local farm bureau that the drones have been disturbing cattle operations and may have caused injuries and that the drones are flying closely to some of the general aviation airports in the area. They may elevate this to call to a call from the senator of the administration, Steve Dixon, given the level of concern in the area. They are also just concerned that it's taking this long to identify such a large number of drones, quote-unquote. On January 8, 2020, Gardner stated, I think this shows a significant gap in understanding and national security, underst- security understanding of the threat drones pose. If we can't find out who they are, how they are being controlled, who is controlling them, what is to keep a nation, a nation like Iran or North Korea from looking at this instant and saying, boy, now we should come and do the same thing with cameras and sensors equipment to find out what kind of things that would help with internal international security. So I think it is a concern. The senator's concerns are not unfounded. The threats that lower end drones pose in national security is something the war zone has been highlighting for years. The war zone reached out to Senator Gardner's office for comment, and we'll update this article when we hear back. In early January, the national media attention escalated, including reports by CNN, the New York Times, and the Washington Post. On January 9th, Colorado Governor Jared Polis, a Democrat, said that he had asked the Colorado Department of Public Safety, CDPS, to ramp up its monitoring of the aerial activity. Quote, I think we need to find out what is happening before an accident occurs, Polis said. One of the key documents uncovered by Johnson is a four-page memorandum written by the second-ranking official at ASH, Joshua Holtzman, and set the FAA administration Steve Dixon, misspelled as Dixon on the memo, to bring the FAA chief up to speed on the issue for a telephone call with Senator Fisher this afternoon, January 7th. Among memo talking points was the FAA understands the interest in identifying the operators and mitigating any potential risk these UAS could pose to the safety of other aircraft and people and property on the ground. The mystery drone investigation reached the public climax with a large meeting convened by Morgan County Sheriff Dave Martin in Brush, Colorado on January 6. According to FAA notes, the closed-door meetings was attended by 77 people. Federal, represent, federal represent, representation, including personal uh, personnel from the FAA, FBI, DHS, Air Force Office of Special Investigations from P.E. Warren Air Force Base, and the Office of Senator Gardner. State and local representation, including sheriff's office personnel from 12 Colorado counties and six Nebraska counties and the Nebraska State Patrol, the Colorado Information Analysis Center, a division of CDPS, and the Colorado Fish and Wildlife. Bombardner wrote, The meeting did not provide an answer or new leads, but the several good things came out of it. It was agreed that an ad hoc drone sighting task force would continue to work of the meeting in facilitating, coordinating, and expanding investigation. 
However, in the days to follow the January 6th meeting, which was widely publicized by regional and national newspapers, the reports of unidentified drones flying in formation tapered off rapidly. What do you know? In February 5th, email to reporter Gregor said, As far as I know, the reports dried up around the middle of January. We have not received any information that enabled us to determine what exactly it was that people were seeing and if they were drones, who was flying them. Quote, unquote. Sheriff Martin on March 6th confirmed to SCU's Douglas Johnson, the drone report stopped shortly after we had the Jan 6 meeting. Without evidence that any criminal activity had been involved, Martin set the matter aside, and a working group was discontinued. Martin said, adding, I'm not in charge of airspace. The CDPS had posted a final update on its website back on January 13th, saying CDPS will scale back protective and proactive operations, but will continue to respond to and investigate reports of suspicious activity. Despite all reported activity, we are still unaware of any crime being committed, quote-unquote. F.A. concluded no military involvement. Much initial speculation about the strange aerial activity centered on the military, in part because some early drone sightings were only about 30 miles from the ICBM missile fields controlled by the 90th Missile Wing of F.E. Warren Air Force Base. In public statements at the time, an F.E. Warren spokesman denied having any role in the sightings. Internal emails obtained by SCU's Douglas Johnson and reported by the War Zone on February 24, 2020 confirmed that officers at the base were mystified by the drone reports. The Air Force emails were heavily redacted, showed the Office of Deputy Chief of Staff on the Air Force for Strategic Def Deterrence and Nuclear Integration, abbreviation AF-A10, as well as Air Force Global Strike Commander AFGC. GSC, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, AFOSI, and the Air Force Components queried, queried and assured each other that no component of the Air Force was responsible for the activity of its new or new of its origin. Johnson has appealed some of the Air Force redactions. The early January talking points memo, the FAA Administrator Dixon said, AFOSI from F.E. Warren Air Force Base has also confirmed no DOD involvement in or knowledge of the mystery drone operations. In December 30th, 2019, email, FAA Chief of Staff Angela Stubblefield wrote that NORTHCOM, NORAD, had been contacted. It does not have any information other than they are aware of the reports. U.S. Northern Command, NORTHCOM, is tasked with command and control of Department of Defense, Homeland Defense activities, and coordination of civil authorities in relation to defense. It is co-located and shares command with the North Korea Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, which is a bi-national command with both American and Canadian personnel. Johnson filed a FOIA request with NORTHCOM asking about the Jan 6 meeting and any information about the aerial activity. The command responded with that NORAD personnel received an invitation for the Jan 6 2020 meeting. However, no one attended because the invitation arrived too late. NORTHCOM said that Johnson's broader question about the drone activity led only to NORAD records. And those records were not reviewed because NORAD, as a bi-national command, is exempt from FOIA. A quote from Mano wrote, In response to concerns that the Army or one of their contractors was conducting UAS operations or testing and, and evaluating on January 13th, the FA contacted multiple offices within the Pentagon and both Army, I'm sorry, both the Army and the Office of Secretary all provided negative responses combined with previous DOD engagement by FAA and USAF, US Air Force, NORAD, NORTHCOM. There is a high confidence these are not covert military activities. 
legal issues, murky in FBI role limited. No release FAA documents say that whoever was operating the mystery drones broke any federal laws. The FAA circulated notes on January 6th. Brush meeting said that Agent Bumberger advised that the attendees, based on their current information, it is unclear what, what, if any, laws or regulations have been broken or violated. FAA General Counsel Arjun Garg produced a memo titled UAS Sightings, the Potential Enforcement Remedies. Circulating to senior FAA staff on January 9th, but the FAA currently takes the position that the memo is exempt from disclosure under FOIA under a deliberative process privilege. Several documents refer to a local enforcement, local law enforcement officers hearing gunshots from the ground during several drone sightings. At the January 6th meeting, federal representatives advised local officials that it is a violation of federal law to shoot at an aircraft. The lack of any obvious criminal element limited the roles of the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security in investigation the fl- investigating the flap. On January 7th, Joshua Holtzman, the then second-ranking official at FAA's Office of Security and Hazard Material Safety, or ASH, wrote to Special Agent Bumberger that I sent an email earlier today to the SES Senior Executive Service at FBI CRIG Critical Incident Response Group to stoke the fires on what the FBI is doing both in the field and at FBI HQ. FBI is struggling, at least at HQ, with the conundrum that technically without a criminal nexus, there is not much they can do. Ash Chief Mano's January 6th summary email suggests that the FBI overall involvement in the investigation remained rather marginal. Here's a quote. Neither of the Omaha or the Denver FBI field offices have open investigations, and FBI HQ has not received any requests from their field offices in local LE for deployment of the UAS detection assets. DOJ and FBI noted that none of the thresholds for the CUAS counter unmanned aerial or aircraft systems used to detect and disable drones used under 6 USC 124N have been met. Therefore, the FBI was not contemplating deploying any technical resources. DHS also agreed no threshold had been met for DHS to deploy the technical resources under CUSC 14N. Remember that. However, the FBI was helpful at least in resolving one short-lived aspect of the investigation. After reviewing a drone formation, deputies in Perkins County, Nebraska, recovered three unrecognized objects from a field, subsequently referred to by some as space potatoes. According to the FAA uh, email, FBI from North Plate advised the strange items referred to as space potatoes have been identified as soil palm track logs. The gel is made up of polychloride tablets in a mesh stocking. When they get wet, they form a log which replaces the dirt with what was displaced by the pivot machine's wheels. Oh, okay, it's a farming thing. During the drone flap, FA officials repeatedly suggested that to the reporters, uh, others, that the aerial activity in Colorado illustrated the need for a regulation already proposed by the FAA to require remote ID capacity for most drones. The early January talking point memo prepared for administration Dixon concluded, if they are UAS, this is an exemplar of why remote identification requirements such as those put forward in FAA's recently released notice of proposed rulemaking, a critical 
are critical to the safety and security of UAS integration into the national airspace system. In a January 10, 2020 email from Joshua Holtzman, Acting Deputy Associate Administration of the FAA Offices of Security and Hazardous Material Safety, to a redacted email in Nebraska, he states that private drone from DGI had just offered to send mobile devices to the field to try to identify the mystery drones. Holzman said that he also had also connected DGI with the Colorado Information Analyst Center. It's worth noting that DGI has its main headquarters in China, and various agencies of the U.S. government have raised concerns about potential security risks, especially based on what information the company selects about the use of its product. In 2017, the U.S. Army banned the use of any DGI drones, and there have been talk about that uh, about U.S. possible government worldwide prohibition on Chinese-made unmanned aircraft. There's no further mention of DGI in the documents, and at the point, at that point, the sharp drop-off in drone activity had already occurred. Note that the FAA tried to redact the name of the firm wherever it appeared, but overlooked the banner subject line in this email. Search for non-military origins led to a dead end. The FAA emails showed that in early days of the investigation, Bumberger and others thought the drone formations might be related to surveys of possible pipeline routes. For example, in an email dated December 30, 2019, the FAA Chief of Staff Angela Stubblefield wrote, that the two lead leading potential explanations point to possible survey work. One, a new pipeline has been proposed in the Julesburg Basin, an area in northeast Colorado on the Colorado-Nebraska border, and the country on the counties where the sightings have taken place are adjacent to that basin. And two, Colorado recently enacted the more strict EPA-related laws, leaving some of the to speculate that the aircraft are conducting IR surveillance for gas leak detection. However, subsequent emails and memos show that as FAA pursued inquiries into many such commercial, educational, and other possibilities, they have all led to dead ends. The early January memo to FAA Administrator Dixon summarized the results. Quote, we have conducted, I'm sorry, quote, we have contacted entities, UAS companies, pipeline operators, and colleges, etc. that have received permission to operate UAS in this area. But to date, none of these approved operations have been determined to be the source of UAS operations. While it's true the drones have been used for industrial inspection for some years now, it seems unlikely a major utilities provider or energy company would conduct such inspections at night and without notifying authorities or deny responsibility once the FAA launched the widespread inquiries and media coverage of the mysterious drone ramped up drones ramped up the emails show the fa monitored mystery drone related facebook groups for reports and leads many questions remain the war zone reached out to the fa ian gregor public affairs manager of the fa pacific division to inquire if the fa were ever established the origins of the drone formation reported in colorado nebraska and other states gregor stated that we have not received any information that enables us to determine what exactly it was that people were reporting, seeing, and if they were drones, who was flying them? Douglas Johnson told the war zone that even though the FAA has been forthcoming in regards to some aspects of his FOIA request, the agency hasn't been in others. Quote, the FAA has been very slow in responding to some of my FOIA requests, and not all of the delays are satisfactorily explained by the pandemic's restrictions. Among 
other issues, as of July 13th, the FAA had yet to produce a single responsive document to a Freedom of Information Act I submitted 19 weeks ago for pertinent records held by Jay Merkel, who is executive director of FAA UAS Integration Office. Although the agency has acknowledged the possession of thousands of pages of response, responsive Merkel-associated documents, some other key documents have been withheld or redacted based on questionable legal justifications. And I may appeal some of these. A January 13 exchange of emails between Ian, or Ian Greger and Carissa Vandermee, senior advisor of the Science and Technology Directorate, for the Department of Homeland Security were redacted in their entirety. So although the war zone and the SCU have pursued the Colorado drone flap for over a year and a half, we still don't know who was behind the mysterious activity. And from what we've seen so far, no one in Federal Aviation Administration knows either. It's clear from the FOIA release that the FAA, state and local authorities in Colorado, and even FAO, Air Force Special Office of Special Investigations took the sightings quite seriously, but it appears that their attention quickly shifted elsewhere once the report, public report stopped. Given the FAA conclusion that there is a high confidence these are not covert military activities, it is difficult to make a case that the mystery drone activity could have been some sort of classified test or black operation. There always remains the real possibility that the drones could have been reported operated by a hostile actor whether homegrown or foreign, or some rogue hobbyist with a considerable resources. While these documents provide an unprecedented view into the government's response and its own apparent confusion surrounding these bizarre events, above all else, they offer detailed and consistent descriptions from trained observers indicating that some kind of relatively advanced U.S. operation was indeed underway over the central United States for a period of weeks last winter. Surely... Once word of the strange happenings spread locally, eventually made national news, many sightings throughout the region were caused by a combination of misidentification and public excitement. However, for a period of time around Christmas and New Year's, something truly unexplained was happening over the Colorado Plains. So unexplained that the federal government's own agency tasked their regulating, regulating the skies over the United States still had no clue what exactly took place or who was behind it. If you're looking for more information on this article, please contact the author or the editor, Brett at the drive.com or Tyler at the drive.com. And you can reach out to Douglas D. Johnson via at D. Dean Johnson on Twitter. Please go check it out. Leave the article in the paper. This is Strange Recon. You've just heard a Warzone article. Keep it weird and keep your third eye peeled. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.